Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Hey, what a great day to be in the house of God. And uh, I'm excited to jump into our generosity. Last of our three-part series, this is what we do. So I want to share just a little story just of what it, what's about to be generous. And uh, this last week was just really kind of inspiring week. And uh, I had somebody reach out to me, uh, a guy in our church. And I'll use a, a name, Bob. Let's make a name up. It's a good name, Bob. Um, but this person reached out to me and said, hey, I want to bless somebody. Uh, there's somebody in my life that is struggling and I need uh, just want to give it through the church because I want this guy to know that Jesus cares about him. I thought, man, that's pretty cool. What's going on? So he sent me this link uh, to go to a GoFundMe page, and the title of the page said, Help Me Defeat Cancer. And so I began to read this kid's story, and I was going to share a little bit of it, but it says this, on on February 4th, I received life-changing news. I was diagnosed with classic Hodgkin's lymphoma, a rare form of cancer of the lymph nodes. KU Med will be providing treatment under the care of Dr. X. The good news is that it is considered extremely treatable with a high success rate. Oh, that's perfect. And for that reason, I'm taking leave of absence from my job. I can imagine my treatment. I love it. Uh, includes a multi-lab scan. Man, every time I talk, something goes crazy. Um, you may switch out. All right. Which one do you want here? Do you want the, uh, the baby? All right, there you go. Hey, sorry, Jessica. This is going to smell bad or Brian or somebody. <clears throat> Tic-tac. Is it yours? <laughs> I love you. All right, anyway, uh, you can only, so I'll tell the story, but you can you only imagine he's going through his treatments of scans, labs, other procedures. Fortunately, he's insured, but he has all short-term uh, restrictions on his income. I can't cover the cost of the co-payments. So he's reached out to his friends, families, loved ones, anybody willing to help while he's taking on this battle. It's not financially possible. So prayer vibes, prayers, encouragement, more than helpful, and it's very appreciated. Thank you for your time. God bless X. And so this week was awesome. Uh, this person at our church donated $500, and we blessed this, this person that's struggling in this moment with this generosity. And we wrote this to him, and I thought it was awesome. They said, hey, X, Real Life Church is praying for you and your family. We had an incredible, generous couple in our church. Give us this for your cause. Jesus has an amazing story. He's writing your life, and there's a purpose through the pain. We are praying and believing victory over cancer. And so my question for you this morning is really simple. Who would like to be able to bless other people like that? Like, who wants to be like Bob, you know? Like, who wants to be like, hey, there's something that needs to happen. I'm going to make a difference in the name of Jesus. Like, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be extremely generous with our gift. And the crazy part about the story, if this, this man's story that nobody knows about, he was sharing with me, is that there's a time in his life he said, hey, look, you know, I was kind of in the spot where I had to either declare bankruptcy or I was going to start giving to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. God is faithful, <laughs> God is faithful. And that just stuck with me because it's so encouraging. It's like, hey, you know, we're, we're struggling. Like, man, can I trust God with this? And there's years of faith. It's like, you know what? I can definitely trust God. And I can be more than generous. He's going to replenish me when I give to him. There's going to be a cycle of, this, of abundance. And I'll be able to bless other people. It's super powerful. This is what we do. We're a rationally generous church. You know, not everybody's like that, right? It's not natural, right? 
We're not naturally givers. We're not naturally generous. We're not naturally unselfish. And so I also encourage you, there's a difference between having a posture of generosity and just giving. Just because we give to something or we, we spend time on something doesn't mean we're necessarily generous. And so we, to follow Jesus and really to be generous, you have to break through the cycle of scarcity. We talked about it a little bit, but it's real, right? We receive something, and then we consume it, we spend it, and then all of a sudden at the end of the month we're lacking, and all of a sudden these feelings of fear and failure and disappointment all come together. And that's a cycle we're stuck in. But Jesus has a better cycle. It's the abundant giving cycle. It's the cycle of abundance and generosity. And so what we do is when we receive something, we give it first to God. In every area of our life, including finances, we give it first to God. And then God does something crazy. He opens this window in heaven and pours out a blessing on it. He multiplies it. He uses it. He changes from the inside out. And we get spirit-filled. We get excited. God blesses us and he multiplies it. And then we give more because God grew our faith. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you through the stories we're going to share from different aspects to really be a person of a generous cycle. The person who's going to say, I'm going to be the obedience. I'm going to change up what I'm doing because we're going to ask you to do a big thing and be radically generous today. You know, the first thing to do if you want to be an abundant giver, we're just going to talk about three points. But if you want to be an abundant giver, the first thing is this, is to give spontaneously. Amen. I mean, just like this man saw this, he didn't wake up in the morning and said, man, I, I'm ready to sow uh, seed and so we go fund me, right? But it was ready to be spontaneously giving. You know, sometimes we see a need. We've seen tornadoes, right? We've been to Joplin. We've seen Markle Oklahoma. We see the hurricanes. We see the relief. We have somebody on the side of the road, right? And we stop and say, hey, here's, here's some money. We stop for an accident. We, there's people in our family that are hurting. We want to give. And if you're in the cycle of scarcity, you're like, man, I wish I could, but... Because God's going to show you something at some point, and you're going to be like, I wish I would have been prepared so I could be spontaneous. You know, most of us give spontaneously, right? It's like we kind of feel like emotional, and there's something we want to give to, and we give. But it doesn't just stop there. It doesn't stop with just being spontaneous. And so there's a story in the Bible of the, of the Good Samaritan, and this is really a story of somebody who gave spontaneously. And if you don't know the story, the story of a man that's, that's traveling on a road that's beat up by robbers. He's thrown the ditch. He's bleeding, and he's left for dead. The story goes to say that there's two religious leaders that pass by. They see the man in the ditch. They're like, tough luck, man. I know what got in the ditch. I know, I know what happened. If you didn't make these choices, you know, like they kind of see it and say, hey, that's not for me. I'm kind of busy. I've got a lot of things to do. This, this won't plan today. And there's this Samaritan that the Bible says is a good Samaritan, the person who wouldn't even talk to a Jewish person normally. And he didn't wake up that morning and, and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm looking for somebody in the ditch today. I'm going to be looking. I'm going to... I'm just going to scope it out. That, that wasn't really his mindset, but he was ready, amen, and he was willing to be used by God at any moment to bless somebody else. And so he finds this man in the ditch, and he bandages his wounds up. He puts oil on him. He puts him on his donkey, and he brings him to the inn, and he says to the innkeeper, hey, I'm going to pay for him. And then Jesus says this about the Good Samaritan. It says, the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, look after them, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense that he may have. See, the Good Samaritan was available, was available in the time. You know, God's gonna put something in your heart and you're gonna say, man, I wish I could, but, but we should, right? Because God's gonna bless it. I'm gonna tell you something, the interruptions in your life are your ministry, amen? Like those things that are like bothering you and those things that just like, wow, I had no idea that was gonna happen. Those are the things that God's gonna use the most. And so I encourage you, don't be frustrated when things don't go to your way. Don't be frustrated when the plan changes because, man, it's God's plan. And we have an opportunity to be generous every day. God's going to bring somebody across your path. God's going to show you a need. And we're going to say, hey, I can be generous. Use me, God. I want to be available. I'm going to pour my life out for other people. 
You know, I love a quote that Martin Luther King, he used when he preached this passage. And he said this, he said, the question that the Pharisee and the religious leaders asked himself first was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? What will happen to me? But the good Samaritan reversed the question and he said, if I don't stop to help this man, what will happen to him? What will happen to him? It's, it's, a, it's an attitude of compassion. And so we talk about generosity versus scarcity. It's this will happen to me, what will happen to him? What happened to me? What happened to him? I'm gonna encourage you guys to hold on things loosely in life, right? Like you, your hands and your heart will always be full if you don't hold on to the things of the world. And so for us, it's just not about me, it's about him, right? Like we get to be a love of Jesus to people. We get to serve people and we get to say, hey, what I got is yours. If you need it, take it. If I can help you, I will help you. If I can serve you, I will serve you. I will go the extra mile. Matter of fact, just put on my card, right? Like just go ahead. Whatever you need, you got it. I'm here for you. That's what the gospel looks like. This is what it is to be a neighbor. This this week we had another story. Um, there's a man in our church and uh, family really, and they they love fostering. They love kids. They love ministering to people. And the opportunity came for this person to go to a woman's house um, of the kid that he actually watches and to be a part of her home. And in the home, he noticed that there was an issue. Like there's a hole in the ceiling and it's leaking. <laughs> Not a good thing, right? And so this person calls me up and says, hey, Sean, um, you know my ministry, right? Like I love ministering. This is where God's put me. I want to be generous in this area. Let me tell you what's going on. There's a story of a lady. She's got a, the, the house is leaking and she's not going to get approved for her kids to stay there. And we're really trying to help her out. And I believe in her. We're close to her. She she's actually goes to your church. Um, I was like, oh wow, okay. I didn't know this. This is crazy. God's kind of put this together. And she loves God, but she's struggling. She's been cleaned her life up. She's doing crazy stuff. And you know, we really could help out. And I said, hey, look. Um, he goes, is there anything we can do? And of course, I'm like, this is what we do, right? Like, this is what we do. Like, we will help. I don't know everything we can do, but we're going to make some phone calls. So I'm like, hey, maintenance team, Josh Cubley. So they went out yesterday, checked it out. They're like, hey, man, this needs more than a patch job on, on the ceiling. This, this, there's not a roof here, okay? Like, so we're kind of in the process just trying to figure some stuff out for it. But, man, just the heart of generosity. Like, man, I see that. I want to help. That's spontaneous, Right? Like, God's going to put those things in our path, and we want to say yes to what God's doing. But I encourage you, don't just be a spontaneous giver, okay? Because you're going to miss the blessing of God if all you do is wait for that nudge from the Holy Spirit and have that thing going on, right? Like, we, we get to give not only spontaneously, but we get to give strategically. We get to be strategic givers for God. You know, some of you are going to say, I wish I could be generous like these stories. I wish I could. You can. You can be generous when you plan when you plan, you can be generous. You can plan to be generous. You know, God will change your heart. He'll change your values. He'll change your attitude. And we get to be strategic. You know, strategic givers give to God first. Amen? Like, we just say, hey, that's just what we're going to do. Like, the first thing I do is give my first fruits to God. That's a part of being strategic. You know, we, put, we plan God first in every area of our life. We prayerfully, prayerfully, prayerfully plan where to spend our money, where to invest our money. We prayerfully think about, hey, I have this much income. How can I leverage that resource for the kingdom? How can I use what I have to make the biggest impact for Jesus, right? Like, I'm like, I've got one life to live. I've got so much limited time on earth. I've got this, what God's given me. What can I do to see more people's lives changed? Like, that's the heart of somebody who's strategic. You know, I love this verse in Isaiah 32, 8. It says this, but generous people do what? What's the word? They plan. They plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. 
So generous people are planning to be generous, and then they stand firm in their generosity because I'm going to keep doing this because this is what God's asked me to do. Most of us, what, what do we plan for? We plan to spend, right? <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, we, like, we're going to name it, claim it. Like, we're, we're like, Lord, give me some extra money because I want that. Man, Oakley's for Jesus, that new car for Jesus. Got my new cakes for Jesus. You know, I got always for Jesus. You know, like we, we're always like, we got to, come on, we got Amazon wish list. We don't have no Jesus wish list. We got Amazon wish list and everybody's just stalking each other. Like, what's on your wish list? I'm going to, if they really love you, they'll stalk you and then they'll send you gifts you already really wanted. But, you know, it's cool. Like, we know that. That's who we are. That's in our heart. Like, we want, we want, we want, we want. But what if we gave, we gave, we gave, we gave? Like, what if you plan to give? I'm just telling you, when you give to God, like, that's what we do. We plan to give. Like, I know I'm going to make this next year. I know we're, we can't, what capacity we have. Hey, we're going to test God. We're going to step out. We're not going to just take everything and spend more than we make and then not everything left over, and then we're going to be freaking out. Like, we're going to manage this well. God's trusted with us, and we want God to bless us more, and we want to bless other people. That's the heart of what God wants to do in our lives. We believe this. The church does not exist for us. It exists for the world around us. Amen. It doesn't exist for us sitting here. It exists for the person that's far from God, and we have what it takes to reach somebody for Jesus. Man, it's so encouraging to hear the stories from your guys' life groups. Um, it's just encouraging. Like, some of you guys, I've never heard a sermon on generosity that was, like, that good, I guess. Like, people were coming to Christ in the sermon. Like, people, it wasn't guilt-driven. Like, I make, it was kind of inspired me to give. Like, some of you, like, left, like, hey, like, that really was a good word from God. Like, I think I should do something. I would encourage you, if you're feeling like God's nudging you, like, be strategic. Like, don't just go, man, that was cool. I mean, I felt that. That was warm and fuzzy. That was great. Like, be strategic, you know, right? You know, it's like, I mean, we, we, we just trying to show love and grace, but, man, God wants to use your life. And so plan for it. Plan for it. Plan for it. You know, it's uh, some ways to be strategic, but maybe some ideas. Just throw a percentage out. Like, when I was younger, it was just kind of like, Ah, here's some money, here's some money, here's some money, I made this. And then I started saying, oh, I'm going to give strategically. So I'm going to give every month this amount. Like we picked a percentage and we said, hey, there's a percentage, we're going to give it. And if you, haven't, if you don't give strategically, just, just pick a percentage. It could be 1%, half a percent. Just start somewhere. It could be 10%. It, it could be whatever percent you feel like you should give to God. But start somewhere. Start, just that's what strategic givers do. And I want to challenge you, if you're given like percentage, what if you took the challenge and said, every year I'm just going to give 1% more? Like, if God blesses me, I'm just going to keep giving and giving and giving. And there's people I know in my life that give 35%. I'm like, whoa. You, know, you do that for long enough, and it's like, but God's always been faithful. He's been faithful. You know, there's a guy in our church, a young man, actually, and uh, we talked about the giving challenge last week. And if you give to real life, and it's your first time, and you're going to make a commitment for three months, that we'll give your money back if God doesn't bless your life and use you. Now, it's kind of a crazy commitment. Well, this young person took the commitment, had given some money, and I thought, man, that is strategic, right? And so it was pretty funny. In the middle of the week, this guy calls me up and says, hey, Sean, how's it going? Da, da, da. I said, oh, it's going good. He's like, I got a speeding ticket. Oh, cool. Uh, that's good. He's like, you know a lawyer? I'm like, well, a couple, but I don't know if I recommend them. What's going on, you know? Um, my uncle's a lawyer. It's great. And um, I, I paint his house, and he, he does things for me. So um, you know how it works, all right? We'll leave it there. Generosity. Amen. That's right. You're preaching, dude. So, so this young man goes, hey, I, can I get my money back? <laughs> he was joking, okay? I said, hey, man, sometimes God has to wound you deeply so he can use you correctly. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to be that effective for God until God wounds you a little bit, you know? I said, man, he's going to either humiliate you or humble you. Which one do you want, buddy? I said, there's a lesson here. He's like, oh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I said, all right, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, I'll just tell you. Dude, my wife, Diane, she is the most generous person. I, I mean, if you literally don't do this, please. But if you're like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a one-way ticket to Africa and a certain amount of money to live there, just enough to get there, really, uh, she will take you up and leave me, Okay. <laughs> She is okay living in a hut. I, I'm limiting factor for hut. She is hut. I'm like, oh, man, does God call us that hut? You know, and I'm all, I'm all for it, you know. Okay, maybe not, but I'm trying to work on it, okay? <laughs> I'm praying about that, all right? But she's so generous. I mean, absolutely generous person. And that we found our lives, when we give strategically, we give more. Because we planned for it. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't like, here's my leftovers, Jesus. It was like, here's my first fruits, because I honor you, and it's, it, God's always taking care of us. I, I've never looked in the mirror and said, man, what have we messed up? Like, how we nev- we're never going to make it. It's like, man, God always has provided. Man, we can set a small amount aside for uh, being spontaneous, but we give intentionally. We give intentionally. It's not an accident where we give. We uh, had the awesome pleasure of doing taxes. No amens there, right? All right, we actually got them done early, you know. We're like, oh, yeah, we're doing this, you know. Um, and we've been paying. Like, we, we don't get refunds. We just start paying, you know. It's fun. Um, man, hope we don't, Lord, give us a refund, you know. Um, but anyway, so, so we're doing these taxes. And I'm looking over stuff. I'm like, wow, I mean, we, we get a lot this year. Like, I've kind of, like, lost track of this. And it's like, wow, that's, wow, you know. And uh, last night, Diane, uh, we were just talking. And she's like, man, I, th- I, think, I think we could be more, more sacrificial. It's like, babe, Really? It's like, you do math? And she's like, I just think we can do it. I'm like, all right, all right. Like, just Jesus' name, you know? I'm like, how, how can we do this, you know? I'm, just, I'm looking at this percentage. I'm like, we've given over a third of our income to the church. And I'm all for it, you know? I'm like, but you want more? I'm like, all right, all right, baby, I trust you. I trust you. We'll, we'll figure it out, you know? I mean, we just want to be generous, right? And God uses it. And God uses it all the time. We plan to be generous. You know, most people are giving their excess. We give out our first fruits. So what we did here, we, we're, we're kind of like cheap on stuff. So we just use the, uh, the automatic withdrawal stuff, you know, the ACH. And we said, hey, this is what we're going to give every month. And boom, it just pulls it out once a month and it's there. And uh, that's how we do it because we want to give first, right? And so we know we're like, we're going to skip the whole, you know, paint. we're cheap. We're going to like give as much as we can possible. So we do that. And that's what we choose to do. And we choose to put you guys first, like at real life. That's where we give. That's our first gift to Jesus through the church. And so it's not an accident. It's super intentional. We choose to put God first. And that's the plan that Jesus has for us, that we're generous people. They planned to give first. They plan to give. They, they have a mission with the money, right? It's not an accident. And so we're jiving out a little bit. But to a couple of thoughts. One is we don't just give spontaneously. We give strategically. And I'll say a third thing that we do is we give sacrificially. We give sacrificially. We go above and beyond. There's so many stories in the Bible that are powerful of sacrificial giving. And one of the best ones is found in Mark chapter 12. And this one we picked it up is the story of Jesus kind of watching people give money. It's kind of weird. Like, you check me. I'm, if I'm staring down the offering, okay, that's just weird, okay? That ain't going to happen, okay? But here's Jesus in the story. This is what it says. Mark tells the story this way. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasure. Man, that's creepy, isn't it? You're like, hey, Jesus, you know, <laughs> dropping it in. What's Jesus, what's, what's Jesus, what's going on in his head right now, right? Like, he knows that what we give is connected right to our heart. Like, he knows how we give is connected to what's inside of us. 
Like he knows that, and he's watching that. And he's, he's just kind of surveying what's happening. It says this, many rich, rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, hey, truly I tell you, this poor widow, man, this widow that's living off the scraps of everybody else who has nothing, has put in more into the treasury than any other. They all gave out of their wealth, and she, out of her poverty, put everything in and all she had to live on. You know, what's crazy about the story, what's interesting is, one, is that Jesus watched, okay? And two, that Jesus allowed her to do it. I mean, if you were like, if I was in the back and I was like, hey, you're that poor widow, I'd be like, hey, man, we got this, okay? You use that. Like, how are you going to live without it? How are you going to live without this money? I mean, we would do that, right? We have done that. Where we're like, no, 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 we got this, man. We could take care of it. And what Jesus did, he didn't stop her. Because that's what we'd all do, right? But Jesus didn't rob her of the blessing of sacrificial giving, like Jesus didn't rob her of it. Jesus didn't stop her from giving what he, he thought, she thought she should give, and he celebrated it. As a matter of fact, he did the opposite. He said she has given the most out of anybody because God can multiply whatever we put in there. God can use it if he wants to. He's seeing our faith. He's seeing our heart. This is what Jesus' followers do. You know, I kind of had this experience at some level on a mission trip in 2011. I went to Africa. We were in um, uh, man, Nairobi, Kenya. It's like three places we went, so I'm trying to nail down. Went to Nairobi, Kenya. And we were in this sports complex, and we we're in the middle of a slum, and we we're at the Vapors Center. And they basically have a, a soccer field, they have clean water, all this different stuff. And in the middle of the slum, I mean, you got to understand, it's, it, you can't even describe this, but I'm going to try my best. And it's not going to come out really well, because you, you have to experience it yourself. But there's two or 300,000 people that live in abstract poverty. It means they're living less than a dollar a day. Most of, them, most of them have a job. They just kind of trade stuff and try to get by every day. They live in these little, like, shanties, okay? Like, there's some time, like they're metal. Some of them have a little bit of concrete. They're dirt floors. There's no running water, okay? I mean, there's no clean water. Matter of fact, you, you can't drink the water because it would make you sick. The majority of one in eight people die from just diarrhea and dehydration and, uh, like, uh, waterborne disease. There's no, like, sewer system. So the roads are just nasty clay pushed down with sewage running down it. It's, it's hard to even fathom. And so we're in the middle of this place, and the guys of the center, the leaders of the center, who make less than you probably make in a month, what you make in probably 10, 15 minutes of your job, said, hey, we want to bless your team and just have them different houses in, our, in, our, in a slum where we live and just make some meals for them and just really spend some time with them. We want to bless them. And, of course, me and the guys are like, no, man, like, we're here to bless them. And Mike had made the comment to our group. He said, hey, man, don't rob these guys of the blessing, of serving you. Like, don't rob them. So like, okay. So we traveled through the slum and down all the nasty roads and we get through different areas and there's chickens and goats and just, just, just disgusting stuff. And we get down to this area and this person lives in, it's, it's a nicer slum, a nicer house, a nicer shanty. It's a concrete one. And it's literally probably the size of from here to that edge of the stage and probably no deeper than, than the drum set. And that, that would be the entire house. And so you walk in, and it's, it's like one table, and there's a couch. It's really, like, not much of a couch. And then there's a stove, and there, there's, there's no real sink. It's just a tub because you don't have any running water. And then there, there's one little door, but it's not really a door. And then there's a, a toilet, but that toilet's just a, a pot. There's not really any water, okay? And then there's a shower, but only because they actually just got water somewhere else and put it on the roof and pulled a thing and grabbed your dumps on your head. And there's a curtain that blocks it. And they cooked up this meal fit for a king, okay? 
And I'm like, I can't do this, right? We came here to bless you. They don't eat that way every day. They actually served us meat. They had a bunch of spread, all these things. And some of them didn't even eat. And we sat down and ate a meal with those guys. I mean, that's crazy. It absolutely rips your heart out. Like, man, I'm being served by somebody that is the least of these in the world. Somebody that is, you would never see in the United States of America to be that absolute poor. And I just want to show you the picture of how excited they were to serve us. So this is them. This, you can see these guys are pretty stoked. Uh, this picture is kind of terrible quality, but that's what we did back in 2011, right? And these people are excited to serve. Man, there were, they were tears shed, right? This was the most emotional moment of the entire trip for us, to be served by somebody that had absolutely nothing. And the idea was don't rob them of the blessing of what they're given. They had so much joy in serving. I'm going to tell you something. When's the last time you felt the joy of sacrificial giving? Because I'm going to tell you something, that's anointed. There's an anointing. When you, when you know you're making a difference in somebody's life and you say, hey, I can do this, and it's going to be a sacrifice. Like, I'm going to give it. I'm going to tell you something. For me personally, like, this church is that for me. Like, we, we sacrificially gave to this church because we believed in you. We believed in what God can do through you. We believed in this community. And so we said, hey, you know what? So every week I come here, I get to experience this kind of awe moment of, like, hey, we played a part. We played a part. Like, we played a part in that. We played a part to serve. We played a part. And every person who gives is a part of we. You play that part, too. You play the part of every story of our church. And so I'm going to encourage you, like, what we have is not for us to hold on to, man. It's not ours. It's not about me. It's about we. And those guys left that room, and they probably haven't had that meal till next trip, right? And they love blessing people. And for us, like, what if that was us? Like, what if we'd be the people that just bless people and God provides? Because I'm going to tell you something. Those African people who had nothing, they're going to be probably closer in heaven than a lot of us, right? And like the throne seats. <laughs> they have, their worship is out of this world. Like, their faith is so much bigger. It had nothing to do about money. I was shocked. I'm like, how can you guys be so happy? But they're happy. There's joy. There's, they're just, that's what they do. They love in life. And they're doing it for God. And they're making a difference. I mean, some of these guys moved to Rwanda, and are like, man, I can't move here. They're so wealthy, right? And then they moved from Rwanda to, to Haiti, and they're like, dude, this is too rich of a country. I can't move here. It's like, whoa. It's crazy to see the world from their perspective. And I thought, man, what about us? Like, when's the last time we had that joy of saying, hey, we can make a difference? We were on that trip, and there's this little kid named Newton. He's eight years old. I said, you know what? We're going to sponsor a kid. And we're just going to give money every month, and we're going to sponsor this kid. We're going to write him letters. We're going to be, we're going to be Jesus to him. We're going to give him an education. We're going to pay for clean water. We're going to give him food every single day. We're going to make sure he gets shoes. We're going to make sure he learns something. Because they don't go to school, right? They don't have these opportunities. And so from that day, since 2011, we have sponsored Newton every single month faithfully and first as a part of our giving. We strategically give that. Yeah, it's tough, you know? Like, we don't have all the money all the time. But you know what? Our money makes a difference in that kid's life every single month. And we know that we can't say no to that, right? Like we're not going to take that money and say, no, we're going to put it somewhere else. We're going to give it to that person. And I know God's using them across the world. This is what we do, right? I mean, if you want the Holy Spirit's power in your life, you want the anointing of God, man, be sacrificial. Like open your hands to Jesus. I mean, I was going to be super clear this morning. We want you to be radical, radically generous, right? Like I want you to be radically generous. And I want you to be radically generous to a church to a church. I didn't say our church, okay? Because I'm not all about that. 
I just want you to react with generous to, uh, to a church. And if it's not here, then somewhere. Like, if you don't believe in our mission, or like, you don't, you know, trust maybe the integrity, or there's something, you know, like, man, it's not for me, that's fine. But do it somewhere, because God's going to use your life. Plan strategically. This is what we do. This is why we're here. You know, I'm going to tell you some things we don't do. We don't pass the offering plate twice, okay? You know what I'm talking about. Some of you, some of you, some of you guys that grew up in some churches, you know? It's like, man, is that enough money? Pass it again. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm just saying, we, we don't do that, okay? We, we believe in generous people. We, we just say, hey, whatever God puts in their heart, we're going to follow through with it. You know, because you guys strategically give, we don't have to have spontaneous offerings, Right? Like we haven't, we haven't said, hey, the trailer broke down and man, we, we can't do church next week unless you guys, we can't afford this bill. We're not, we don't do that. We haven't done that. We were six months old, a church plant. I'm telling you something, that's crazy. You don't know that, but that's crazy. We don't do that. That's something we won't do because we believe in the generosity of people. We believe we help others and it grows the kingdom. This is what we do. You know, from day one, we have taken our, our giving and we've told people, hey, if you're in need of shelter, if you're hungry, take us, take out the money. Come on now. Who does that? Who does that? We're not gonna stop doing that because we wanna be generous to people. That's something that we do. You know, Di and I, we model stewardship. That's something we, we're really serious about. I mean, that's why I'm passionate about this series. That's what we're all about. Like, how can we give more? How can we lead the way? You know, like Diane, like, hey, we can give more. We can be more sacrificial. I'm like, honey, can you do math? <laughs> Yeah, okay, dang it. Why do you have more faith than I do? <laughs> awesome. So it's just, how can we do more for God? You know, I will do my best as a leader, as your pastor, as just a fellow Christian to lead the way and inspire you to be generous. I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna stop personally. I'm not gonna stop telling people that message that you can be blessed by God, that we can change people's lives. You know, we promise as a church to use what we have wisely, to be wise stewards, to prayerfully consider what we're doing so that we do our due diligence with what God has put on our hands. We promise to meet the needs of the lost, to meet the needs of our world, to use what God's given us to leverage everything for his kingdom. You know, because your generosity, real life has done a few things. We have expanded a clothing closet. It was like quadrupled. It was awesome. I mean, you guys did great. I mean, God is good. And we play the impact in the city. And it's like, it's a small thing, but it's a big thing. It's a sign of things to come for our church. You know, we get to bring clean water to Africa. You might not know that, but we sponsor, we support Vapor every single month in our church. We play a part in the stories of life change that happens across thousands, tens of thousands of, t- of kids across the world in slums every single day. And we, we get to prepare people to go in the mission field. We've got our own people in our church that are going this year to serve people, to help people. We, you play a part in that. We play a part in the Global Orphan Project and help people through Care Portal. We play, we play a part in young lives, the teen moms and, and people struggling. And we can say, hey, I can serve you. I can give you a meal. We can, we can do your hair. We can do your makeup. We can get resources together. We can be a bigger part of what you're doing. You know, we're committed to, to seeing people come to Christ. It's been so encouraging. We have people come to Christ and recommit their lives to Christ almost every single gathering because God's using it. One of the craziest things that happened in our church, you may not know this, but we launched... Because your generosity, on, on, on the 17th of September, we launched with one of the largest ARC launches of the year because of your generosity. We have a church. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but next week, our church is gonna be six months old, huh? Is that crazy? It's because of you, because this is what we do, right? This is what we do. 
This is what we do. This wouldn't happen without you. This is who we are as Christians. This is what we do. Amen? This is what we do. This is what we do. There's no other way of doing life as a Christian. This is what it is. Like, hey, I'm just generous. Just God's generous. I give back because what God gave to me. This is what we do. Man, imagine what we could do if we gave more, if we leveraged more. Not just what we're given now, but what if you stepped on the team and said, I'll be a part of we. Maybe you said, I want to be more strategic. What could God do? What could God do with just one more dollar? With just one more thing? What could God do? Now I'm telling you, our heart is to plant churches. Our heart is to see people far from God come to Jesus. I mean, we can impact the lives of our community. I believe that we can have a change, like a cultural change in our city because of us, because of our generosity. I believe that. I believe we can pave the way. We don't have a small, we don't have small faith in this, okay? We believe that we can change the landscape of our community because we get to serve and lead the way with generosity. That's the only way, I promise you, the only way this will ever happen is by us being the, the, the hands and feet of Jesus. The Bible says this in Ephesians 3, it says, now to him who is able to do amazingly more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that has worked within us to be him, the glory of the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. We have no idea what God can do through our generosity. He can do amazingly more than you can ask or think. Isn't that encouraging? That God can do more than we can ask or think when we're generous to him, all because of what he did for us. Father, we come before you, God. I pray that you make our church a generous church, God. Inspire our church, God, just to take it to the next level. God, I pray that you inspired us to share the love of Christ all across the world. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.